I miss the sun. <laughs> oh, pretty good, pretty good. Definitely better than that first time I went snowboarding. Oh, how did that go? <laughs> well, and as uh, hubris, I think, is what would as, as what would call it, come from like you know some experience with skateboards and longboards, and think that it translates directly. Into <laughs> plank of something. Uh, Gliding on the snow. mountain ice. <laughs> It should be the same. No? No, no, no. A, a day of tumbling down a mountainside. <laughs> Literal tumbling down a mountainside before I figured out the physics of snowboarding. <laughs> and they are very strange. Fun fact, they developed the game Katamari Damacy from Murdoch's <laughs> tumbling down. Uh, day two was a lot better, but never mind the aftermath. You know, whiplash and, and sore aching muscles and boy, oh boy. <laughs> but I would go back and do that again. Oh, day you had fun ha- anyway. So day two, did, he had I the did. technique down, but the body was not willing for he was in full traction. <laughs> <laughs> Can you snowboard on crutches? We'll have to find out. Hi, welcome to Indulgently Minimal. I am Moggy, and I am joined today by Jeff. Technically, isn't snowboarding on crutches just skiing? <laughs> and Murdoch. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Okay, and today we're going to be following on from last week's episode, where now that you've bought all the very expensive or not so expensive equipment, how to approach getting into the hobby, and more specifically, how to get over that initial phase of, well, not being very good at it. Hmm. Some of us spend our entire lives in that not being good at it phase. Oh, mm-hmm. Jeff, you are. <laughs> Be kind to yourself. Come on. Practice what we preach. Practice what we preach. Oh, well, this is what we're going to talk about today. Just because you're not good at something doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right now, this is going to be a five minute episode. <laughs> uh... Yeah, there is this sort of tendency to believe that you either have to be an expert to enjoy doing something or that it's that kind of hangover from hustle culture that if you're not producing something of amazing artistic value that it's not worth doing in the first place yeah exactly you know like you either have to be incredibly good or incredible you know you have to put everything into it or help you Acting talent. <laughs> okay, calculum. <laughs> I, I do actually have a small breaking point here. There, there's definitely been a notable trend with, like, you know, video game streamers, very popular video game streamers who started out really enjoying sharing the games that they enjoy playing to just being very, what is the word? Like, Jaded? exhausted with the process. It became a day job and it sucked all the fun out of, you know, Video games. They say that, don't they? That you can, you know, if you find a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. But then there's also the risk of if you make your hobby your job, you don't have a hobby anymore. You have a job. A job, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's taking something fun and turning it into work. Now, if you happen to enjoy the work, brilliant, but it's still work. Mm -hmm. It's something you have to do to keep the lights on and then suddenly it's not fun anymore. It's a necessity. Yeah, Mm -hmm. But also there is this other issue, and I know coming from a very personal experience, I tried to learn the violin for some years. It's something I always wanted to do, and I did. I got a violin. I didn't get too expensive a violin, but not too cheap a violin. I found a good tutor, an excellent tutor, in fact. And I stuck it out for quite a few years, and I got to the point that I didn't sound terrible. Hmm. 
every success, every move forward came at excruciating amounts of work and suffering. Like it, you know, I, it was nothing like playing the guitar at all, which I was fine mm. with. I, maybe that comes from learning at a much younger age, but it was a lot of hard work and I just wasn't enjoying it. And I came to the realization that to continue to progress with it, I would have to sacrifice very large amounts of my free time mm. to not being very good at something. And I decided it wasn't something that I wanted to do. So mm -hmm. I stopped. Yeah, which is a, a good call to make sometimes. I still doubt myself because I still wish I could play the violin. But it's that kind of I wish I could play the violin like I like Hilary Hahn can play the violin, not I wish I could, you know, crack out like a, just a, a quick reel. I wanted mm. to be able to play well. And there was the realization I, I didn't, I probably didn't have that in me. Oh, yeah. There's a, a, the, the amount of time and effort required. Mm -hmm. uh, going back to last, uh, last episode of Murdoch, your 10,000 hours. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot. It takes a lot. And it, it does. It does. You're going to you're going to be bad for a lot of that. And mm -hmm. that's the decision, you know, to decide, you know, to decide on the way. Are you willing to be bad for X amount of time? Are you, you know, are you willing to put in that time to be just awful? Not you, Moggy, you were amazing. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I really, I'm, I really enjoyed being upstairs and, and hearing and hearing your practicing. Oh, hmm. that's sweet of you to say. Sweet, I, I, sweet I, lies. I'm throw in <laughs> a, a small wrench into the conversation. I oh, think, no. Like, <laughs> Well, no, no, it's, it's, it's a good, it, it is a good point. It's, um, I think the problem is as well, sometimes the immediate comparisons you draw are to like, you know, child prodigies. It's like, what? You're 11? You're not already a doctor? What is this? <laughs> well, it's a point to make as well with particularly musical instruments. And maybe one of the points that we want to get to later about setting goals and achievable goals. Many of the very best Musicians, for example, started very, very young. Mm -hmm. And if you're starting as an adult, you have to set realistic expectations that perhaps you're not going to be the first chair of the London Orchestra. Mm. Not to mention that at a younger age, you have a lot of free time on your hands. That equation mm -hmm. changes very quickly as you get a little bit older and you have yeah. a lot more responsibilities yeah. on your plate. You have more free time, but you also have an abundance of energy. Mm. And a very so elastic even, brain. A very mm. elastic brains, which is very, very important. That's why children are so good at learning languages. Mm -hmm. So there is that. And I think part of it is we need strategies. I think that's going to be a big takeaway from today, that when you approach a new hobby, you, there are strategies that can carry you through this, but also help you understand whether it's working for you or not. Like I understood what I had to do for the violin and I was doing it and I was making progress. I mean, that's probably the nagging self-doubt that I still carry with me is that I was making progress. It wasn't like I was just bad at it. I just couldn't make the equation add up. Mm. Well, that's that's one part. And there, there's also plateaus with improvement. Like you'll oh, see yes. sudden bursts of improvement and then suddenly you will, you will just stop and it takes a significantly larger amount of effort to get yeah. past that point. And the plateaus are take longer the further you go. The the initial improvements, because you're going from zero 
to one or to mm-hmm. two. It's you see progress so much faster when you first start because oh, I'm making a sound. Oh, I'm making a sound that doesn't like a screaming child. <laughs> this is progress. Yeah, you never sounded like a screaming child. Oh, I you did. Were... <laughs> there was, I mean, I, I okay. So you know, to be fair, I had headphones on for most of that entire four or five year period. So hmm. um, let's be fair. Like I did get past the the screeching, wailing part of the violin quicker than I had anticipated, which I was yeah. grateful for. So I will admit to that. But moving then on to something that was pleasant to listen to was then the next step. That's the next plateau, and it can take... It takes more effort to climb the next step, and yeah. then there's more effort to climb the step after that. And it's uh, it's what's the opposite of... It's, what's the opposite of exponential logarithmic? Is it logarithmic? I don't know... Difficult. The opposite of the op- <laughs> yes, uh, difficult. If, if if we have any mathematicians in the audience, please do send us an email at indulgentlyminimal at gmail.com. Please do. And so the but the other side of this to completely flip this around, and there are different hobbies at work here where it's easier to do this with some things than others. Sometimes it's okay to sort of sit there and go, I will never be good at drawing. But what I do makes me happy. Therefore, mm. I'm okay to carry on. Yeah. Like you don't need to be good at something to enjoy it. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's something that we, it's not taught and it's not, we don't tell our children this when they're growing up, that you don't have to be the best. You don't even need to be middling. You can be unbelievably terrible as long as you're having fun and it's not something like food, for example, where you might kill somebody if you're terrible. Mm-hmm. If you're having fun with it, that's good enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's about learning how to enjoy failure. I remember I had a, a small period of playing fighting games, trying to play them competitively. So I was, you know, reading guides, watching how to do this stuff. And one of the pieces of advice that came up over and over was learn to enjoy losing mm-hmm. because you're going to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot. So it's like with cooking. You know, the first couple times you try a new recipe, and especially at the beginning of your cooking career, let's say, mm-hmm. you're going to make some bad meals. But it's okay. You get to eat the evidence as long as it's yeah. edible at the <laughs> end of it. It's it's not that big of a deal. And we've got to learn to be kind to ourselves and give ourselves a break. Like, yeah. oh, no, uh-huh. this is the second time I've ever tried making this incredibly difficult dish. I am a terrible chef and I will never. It's like, It's okay. Is it edible? Yes. Does it taste terrible? No. Congratulations. That's a <laughs> success. And the failures uh-huh. also teach you certain things. Like, for example, um, say you're trying to like make like meringue or something and you're trying to whisk the egg whites. You know, if you get just like the tiniest bit of yolk in there, it's going to ruin it because mm-hmm. that slight bit of protein ruins everything. It doesn't spin to the stiff peaks. Mm-hmm. But you, you, may li- you may read that in a book and know that's how to happen, but you may accidentally crack your eggs wrong. Mm-hmm. But... You've done that once, you think, ah, it's, it's, it's all ruined. But now you know how to be a bit more careful with the separating the egg yolks. You've let, you know, you've maybe developed a new skill. It's, you're not going to be, nobody starts out in a hobby perfect. Nobody starts out knowing everything, being able to do everything. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's some, uh, some savant out there that does, but for the vast majority of us, you're going to be bad at the beginning, and that's fine. This, uh, this is this is actually this is actually a very good point. I I think this may not apply universally. Like this is one you have to evaluate for yourselves. But there definitely is a personality stereotype that is you know a perfectionist about anything, 
mm-hmm. including starting something they have never done before. Well, I think everybody will end up with hitting a wall eventually. Mm. Where that wall is will be different for different people. And skills are transferable. Some people, like with cooking, some people are really good at following instructions, following recipes. Some people are a little more free-spirited and they want to be creative. They want to try things. And that can actually stand in the way at the beginning when it's like, no, learn the fundamentals. Like we said Mm -hmm. last week, you Mm -hmm. can't, you know, substitute sugar for salt. Try it Mm -hmm. once, never again. (laughs) Those cookies were so bad. They were so bad. (laughs) No, that wasn't substitution. That was me misreading teaspoon for tablespoon. (laughs) This isn't food. (laughs) Not food. Not food. (laughs) So these, you know, everybody will have their barriers at different places, but make no mistake, everybody will reach a point when they have to put more effort into something to continue to make progress. Mm-hmm. Everyone hits that point. So whether it's sooner or later, don't feel like just because it, you know, you're hitting a barrier maybe at the beginning means, oh, I'm terrible. I'm no savant. I'm no genius. It's like, well, it's okay. Like the people that are not hitting it at the beginning, they're going to hit it later and it can be harder later mm-hmm. because you don't understand And you maybe haven't even developed the strategies to go through it. And we've already strayed into that. That's what we want to talk about is strategies, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Being able to um, sustainably build your skills and build on your hobby, it's really important to have these like small strategies and large strategies to help you through these roadblocks that you're going to find. So you Mm. don't just crumble at the first hurdle, which we've all Mm -hmm. done. Um, Mm -hmm. when trying out something new and it's because we didn't have a either a strategy or a coping mechanism or we didn't understand what we needed to do yeah Mm. and and i do think that for some people they also need to hear that having strategies having a, a plan doesn't mean that you're giving up on creativity or like some people could be quite free-spirited and go, I just want to do things. I don't want to sit down and make a road map and measure my success. I just want to do. That's fine. I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you do you, you know, mm-hmm. you do you. Mm. But at the same time, sometimes having, if not a road map and a rigid, like I don't want to be telling people like, okay, you do this at three o'clock on a Monday and you do this, you know. You tailor the strategies and you tailor the roadmap to suit your personality. But having, I mean, what I'm getting at is having a way to measure success can be a really great way of going through the difficult periods. It's why a lot of drawing guides and books on how to draw, they'll have you draw something at the very, very beginning. The first thing they'll say is draw a house, draw a thing. Hmm. Sometimes it's literally like, here's a picture, draw this. And then either halfway through or at the end, multiple points, they'll ask you to draw the same thing again and compare them. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason that you do this and it's not because it teaches you something fundamental about drawing. It's to show you no matter how bad you feel right now, you will have made some progress and you can now see it. And that is so powerful. It's such a huge motivator and it, it, it keeps you, you know, gives you confidence to keep on uh, trying out with it. It's, yeah. I do have a breaking point here as well. And this no, motivation... breaking all the windows. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's part of the things that we do need to be aware of. It's part of the, part of the strategies that we do need, do need to develop. We are often our own harshest critics. Mm, definitely. Right? We are often our own harshest critics And when starting an activity, a hobby, a skill you're trying to develop, 
Sometimes it's not the easiest thing to be able to tell how well you're doing. Having an external perspective can be very uh, useful. Yeah. You may not be as bad as you think you are, mm -hmm. right? For sure. But it is important to be able to sort of self-evaluate, and that doesn't come immediately. Well, we mentioned it last week, didn't we? There are mentors, tutors can be mm. great. Tutors can be expensive, of course. This is always the the tricky part, especially mm. if you just like, we're kind of moving backwards and forwards between hobby and skill. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, putting together jigsaws, you probably don't need a teacher. And that's like a very purely a hobby-based thing, whereas learning to draw can be somewhere in the middle. So you mm. maybe were learning, you know, whereas learning a language can be mm. a, you know, a, a skill that goes on a CV. So any of these things can be a hobby and a skill. Mm -hmm. And you have to evaluate for yourself what you're looking for. So if you're maybe just looking for something to chill out and relax, maybe you don't want a drawing tutor or attend a painting class. You just want to have some fun. Ah, so you <laughs> just put some paint on the paper. Happy little accidents. Exactly. So, but having at least an accountability buddy mm -hmm. and learning to, this is another like side conversation. We're really good at those. Learning to give and take good criticism is a very important life skill it's, in general. It's, it's ironically, it's a skill in of itself, which you need to practice. <laughs> it is. Um, it is. No, this is already becoming like <laughs> it's, the Ouroboros. It's, it's fractal, dude. Yeah, oh. yeah man. Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, there's a very fine line when dealing with somebody giving you an external perspective between a critic and a mentor. Mm. That one's difficult to find sometimes. A critic will tell you whether something is good or bad. A mentor will tell you why something is good or bad and will give you tips where you can improve. Or at least help you through it. Yeah. That too. I mean, yeah. A, a mentor, a tutor, they will they will have the tools to help they will have the tools to give you the tools to figure out what you need to do next. Mm. Whereas whereas a critic will still can be very, very useful. They won't give you that extra step. They will just let you know if it's at the level you want it to be or not. Mm -hmm. And that comes with the ability to actually take criticism. Yeah, it's a skill to learn and it's a skill for giving criticism because <laughs> the old Simpsons joke, it's very easy to criticize. Hmm. Fun too. <laughs> so it's very important that when you're giving what you intend to be constructive criticism that you, I mean, people talk about like the criticism sandwich. I think I find it could be very disingenuous. Like, first of all, you point out one good thing, then you give your criticism, then you finish with something else good. Like people, it can feel disingenuous because, you know, like, oh, you put on your clothes today. Congratulations. You really did this badly. Don't but you patronize did it. me. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't do that. But mm. definitely like, oh, okay. So I really like what you've done here. What do you think about this thing? And maybe like, you know, make it into a conversation, like try not to dig in at somebody's insecurities, even if you are like, okay, so like this thing here needs work, but you've got to kind of figure out where the person is and make sure that they're receptive. Make sure they're receptive. Sometimes yeah. people Some don't people, want your yeah. criticism. They just yeah. want you to say, Thank you. Well, no, hey, great. You did a good job. Mm. Like it's it's like it's one of those things. If somebody is showing you something that they've made, 
you know, whether it be cooking or a drawing or a podcast, for example. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Please be kind. <laughs> Hello, friends. We hope you like this. <laughs> it's somebody is, you know, showing you something that they have spent an X amount of time on. It's something that's come from them personally. It's a creative endeavor. It's something personal to them. Hmm. And it's important that, yeah, you help them on the right way. You don't give them false hope or tell them tell them lies, essentially, just to make them feel better. Mm-hmm. But you need to make sure that you're not actively going out of way to hurt their feelings because they're kind of being vulnerable with you yeah. at that mm. point by showing you this thing. And there's a there's a level of respect that I think needs to be given the other way that somebody's letting you in on this thing. I mean, sometimes some people are just like, look how amazing I am. And it's like, yeah, whatever. Hmm. But for the most part, it's somebody's showing you a bit of themselves and that's a tricky path yeah. to navigate. I'm, I'm definitely guilty of this. Sometimes when people show you work that they've done, right? You may think it's in their best interest to point out the flaws on in the work that need to be worked on or improved or whatnot, when in reality, what they're looking for is acknowledgement. Validation. Yeah, mm. definitely. So the other thing we've alluded to a lot in today's episode and the previous one is about having goals and about having strategies. Now, I think the the starting point for me is an acknowledgement that motivation and, you know, that desire to be good at something, it's very fleeting. It's a very, oh, it's like the, uh, I'm trying to think of a good, it's the grasshopper in spring type thing. Like, it's like, oh yes, let's go and get fit and go to the gym. And then the the moment you step through the doors, I don't want to, gravity like doubles. Uh, and, you know, people talk about, like, instead having uh, discipline, but habit is also great. Doing something at the same time every day or every other day, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that can be the thing that carries you through. So you maybe need a bit of discipline at the beginning to set the habit, but eventually we're all creatures of habit. So if it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's Wednesday at six o'clock, this is when I practice painting. Mm-hmm eventually you start to just do it on your own because we're creatures of habit. Now, what other strategies do you think we can put in place to carry us through the, this process that we're trying to talk about? Well, I mean, we talked previously about, you know, um, looking back at something you'd drawn to see your progress. Hmm. It's having like small, little incremental goals, Hmm. like little ones. So you can, you know, like almost like the uh, dopamine hit when you're on TikTok or whatever. It's like, oh, yay, oh, yay. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I was just thinking, like, what, are we in the Supreme Court? (laughs) All rise, Judge Jeff is in the house. Hmm. A man, I'd look so good in a wig. But moving on. (laughs) I I have an idea in this regard. Basically establishing, like, a set routine that you know you can get through may help. Yeah, Yeah. but I and making goals a part of that Mm -hmm. and goals in the way that Jeff very excellently laid out is I like to say that Goals aren't dreams. They aren't Mm. aspirations. Like, I want to be the greatest guitarist ever lived. That's a dream. Mm. And it's fine to have a dream. You know, I want to be able to play X song or I want to be able to paint something beautiful that I can put on my wall. All excellent dreams, aspirations. A goal should be more like, okay, when I draw a line right now, it's quite wiggly. Mm. I am going to practice for the next week to just draw a straight line. 
you know, I actually, there is a, I think it's called drawabox.com. It's a, one of the guides to drawing. Literally, that's how they begin. You just draw lines and boxes and it's teaching you literally how to use the muscles in your arm correctly mm. in order to eliminate that kind of, um, if you draw from the wrist, for example, you tend to shake a lot more. Mm. I mean, it's, it's like the Couch to 5K program is a fantastic example yes. of incremental achievable goals. You have the short-term goals of running for X amount of time, uh, running further, running, you know, because it's running further, not so much about running faster, but with the ultimate goal of running a five, running five kilometers without stopping. Mm -hmm. And you've got everything in there. You've got your small incremental goals and your long-term goal at the end. And once you've mm -hmm. unlocked that long-term goal at the end, it's, oh, okay, I can run 5K. If I can mm -hmm. run 5K, I can run 15K. Yeah. And you then you will also have those tools and strategies to go on and do that. Well, this is where having a plan or a, a routine, I don't know what to call Couch to 5K, it's a... It's a program. Thank you. It's a program mm. that that kind of stands in for a tutor or a mentor in some cases where an excellent tutor will tailor the program for you. They will know what you need to do, but they will evaluate you as you learn and change and adapt things. Like... A tutor is not a class. A class mm. is the same every time. Like, okay, we take this class through a semester and it's the same thing and they update it as they go. A tutor should, in my opinion, because it's one-to-one, -one, change things to suit you, your progress. If you're, if you're progressing faster, they will push you harder. If you're struggling, they will step back and they will help you through that struggle. Now, a program can't adapt in the same way, but a good program will work for the majority of people in the in that way. And it will help you, again, obviate the need to spend the money on a dedicated tutor. Hmm. Yeah. Having structure is so important for when you're trying to learn a new skill and when it's a, a hobby that perhaps is a bit more involved mm -hmm. and, and a hobby that you want to progress in, that you have you have goals, you have aspirations in. Having that pathway forward, knowing that, okay, I... You know, I'm here right now, but I know what I need to do to get to the next level. Mm. Is it's, It gives you a lot of hope and um, it takes a lot of the weight off of your mind for it because you don't have to think about it. It's there. It's done. Mm. You just need to follow that. You just need to follow the program. It's a lead that can pull you through the difficult times. Mm -hmm. And that's why, again, when things get difficult, having these little built-in moments of look back and see how far you've come that can be just the little boost you need to push through that. You know, that the, if you're running your first 5K and you're trying to do it and you're just, ah, I'm going to have to stop and walk. Maybe you do have to stop and walk, but maybe you sort of the program will go, ding, oh, here is where I walk. And then suddenly you realize that that moment that you're about to feel like, ah, I just can't push anymore. Suddenly the program goes, yeah, that's where you should be right now. Take a breather. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's nice to know sometimes that you're on track. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Oh, small word of like warning here. It's basically you should be able to realize a point at which you may either temporarily or permanently hurt yourself or damage yourself. Yeah, there's especially with especially with physical activity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, knowing your limit, knowing your body's limit, is 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 very important. And mm -hmm. yeah, you 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 can you can hurt yourself. Well, it also comes back to something we mentioned last week, that practice doesn't make perfect, practice makes permanent. Hmm. Yes. So 
once again, the tutor can help you practice properly. And, you know, like if you're on the violin and you keep making the same mistake, hmm? like you, maybe you're playing that F just a little bit flat every time. Hmm. That's when a tutor becomes very important because they can go, okay, let's stop. Let's take a step back. Right, we need to practice this specific thing because if you continue, you're going to learn it wrong and then it's 10 times harder to fix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do have one more point to make about tutors. They can be an excellent resource while learning new things. A tutor, a mentor, but they're not always available. So one of the more important things in my opinion is to be able to both model and internalize what a good tutor would be. Yeah, mm. kind of like carry the uh, carry the philosophy of the tutor with you. So mm. even if you can't actively speak to them at that time, you think, well, okay, they will probably suggest doing this, so I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. Like maybe yeah. maybe an example of this is when I because uh, sorry to use the violin a lot. It's a good example for me right now. When I would practice, I would use a guitar tuner on the desk and I would watch to see if I was in tune because a violin doesn't have frets. Mm -hmm. You can play any note that exists. You can play wrong notes. Mm -hmm. So having the tuner there, I could see it going into the red and go, oh, I need to correct here. And it's a way of, instead of having a tutor like, you know, slapping you with a violin bow going, no, do it again. Mm -hmm. You have that visual reminder of, no, you're not doing it right. You need to practice some more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, having those little self-correction moments and uh, like you said, like the ability to reflect and if the program allows it, a, a way of checking in, am I doing this correctly? Am I practicing correctly? Mm -hmm. Which comes to like the final thing I wanted to pick up on, which really nicely ties it up with what we talked about last week is progress should be its own reward, but we are at the end of the day, indulgently minimal, we're avarice little creatures. Mm -hmm. When you're buying gear for yourself, when you're investing in this new hobby and you look at like, let's say the guitar and you want that shiny Gibson something or other or Fender something or other, mm. maybe the way to go is, okay, so these are my, I've got my dream. I've mm -hmm. laid that out. I've got a, I've got a program, a path to, be, to learn. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to get the cheap guitar beginner's guitar mm -hmm. and i'm going to practice and when i've learned how to play this song i am now allowed to purchase a different guitar hmm. and it could be a way of rewarding yourself yeah it's like a full-on reward tier system hmm. <laughs> it's it's an interesting analog to you know being your own parent you need to be a kind but firm parent to yourself in the same way that you need to be a kind but firm mentor to yourself yeah yeah, you need to be kind, you need to be firm, and you need to be honest mm -hmm. with yourself because there will come a point where you have all these goals in place and you have these strategies and you may continually miss them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And at that point, it's a very, very, it's an important time to sit down with yourself and discuss, do I actually want to do this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I keep missing these goals I'm setting for myself. Am I missing them because of the world or am I missing them because I don't actually want this anymore hmm. and if you decide that you don't that's okay mm -hmm. well how is it we say it's okay to stop reading a book you don't like yeah. mm. I mean sometimes people sometimes people really need to hear that sometimes I need to hear that 
if you find that you're skipping practice, if you're just watching, you're back to watching Netflix instead of practicing the violin, you're not reading anything because you dread finishing this novel you started, but it's the clean your plate syndrome. Like I can't, mm -hmm. I can't buy a new video game until I finish the video game I've got. I can't get a new book until I finish the one I've got. If you don't like it, it's okay to stop. Mm -hmm. If it's standing in between you and something that you want, then maybe the obstacle is the hobby itself. And then it's time to reevaluate. And okay, sometimes we're just like, sometimes we're lazy. I was going to say, no, sometimes <laughs> I'm lazy. I don't want to project that into the world. Sometimes I just want to watch, you know, uh, an entire season of Bridezilla. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm also thinking maybe you had initially set out on a goal of playing a famous symphony on said instrument. <laughs> yeah. But you get to a stagnation point and you're not improving past that point. But maybe you also discover that, you know, you can play Wonderwall for, you know, a, a nice <laughs> gathering of friends and have a blast of a time. Maybe that's good enough. Yeah, yeah, I think it's important to reiterate we said it at the top and maybe we need to say it again. Sometimes, you know, if you're, if you just bought a guitar because you enjoyed the catharsis of playing the few songs that you like singing out of key in your bedroom and that's it, do that. If that brings you joy... Go for it. Don't, you don't have to be the next Jimi Hendrix to enjoy yeah. playing the guitar. Hmm. And it doesn't mean you should stop just mm -hmm. because you're not learning. You know, I mean, uh, I always thought that I would learn how to, you know, shred and whatnot. And I discovered that wasn't really me. I'm a more finger-picking type guitarist. I enjoy my, you know, Nick Drake style. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've, I've tended towards... Uh a few country-style licks myself. It's like, this is not what I had intended, but this is quite fun. Yeah. Well, hobbies take you to fun and new places. and mm -hmm. Sometimes unexpected places. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, 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 that's, and that's the fun of it. So, you know, sometimes you find yourself doing things that you probably otherwise wouldn't have done, but, hey, you're here now and it's great and it's fun and everybody's really, really enjoying you playing Wonder Wall for the fifth time. <laughs> <laughs> so they so they say, Jeff. So, so, they, say. so they say. Anyways, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and here's another one playing the intro to Comfortably Numb. Thank you. Yes, that has become the new smoke on the water for me. <laughs> uh, <sighs> I mean, okay. So final thoughts, guys. Like for me, it's definitely don't let your creativity be what stands between you and progress. Mm. It's okay to have a plan, to have a strategy, to follow some sort of routine. I don't think it's actually standing in between you and expressing yourself. Sometimes that much freedom can be what's actually standing in your way. I know it can be for me. Hmm. I mean, for me, it really is. It's, as I usually say at the end of each episode, it really is go easy on yourself. Be kind. Just you, you, what you're doing, if it's making you happy, it's not a waste of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say that because I need to tell myself that constantly. It's not a waste of time. Hmm. And I wanted to pick this up from earlier. You said be kind to yourself. And a lot of these things that we're talking about, about learning a bit of self-discipline, checking in with yourself, being your own parent, these are things that a hobby can give you that then just infect the rest of your life in a very positive way. Hmm. You can teach yourself really valuable life skills while enjoying yourself just simply and you know looking after your own mental health just by being 
kind yet firm with yourself. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's it's a very strange thing as well. Like just following up on that, sometimes it can be sort of an alien experience celebrating your own little successes. It's it's uh, it's a practice you need to get into. It depends on how you were brought up. Some people definitely have, you know, an environment where every little success was celebrated, and others. Hmm. Unfortunately, they, you can end up in an environment where success is expected. Mm. So failure is punished. Failure is, oh, you shouldn't do that. You should have to do better. Mm-hmm. But when you do succeed, there's nothing because it's like that was what was expected. Mm-hmm. So this is where, again, you have to be your own parent. You have to be the adult in the room and go, no, I'm going to buy myself a little cake with a candle on it because I met my goal. Mm-hmm. I'm going to celebrate me. It's okay to celebrate me. Yeah. Mm. I don't All think right. I have anything to add to that. <laughs> that about sums it up. Yeah. Be good to yourself, be kind to yourself, and enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't but, want to have to give people permission to do that, Like, but sometimes I know I need to give myself permission to do that, mm-hmm. so hopefully I can give that to her. If one listener hears that, I, have, I am very, very happy. Yeah. yeah. Go forth. Do the thing. Be happy. Mm-hmm. And have fun. <laughs> very mm. much so. Just have fun. Don't worry, be happy. Yes. All right. Thank you for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed this one. We will be coming at you with some more episodes heading into that festive season, the end of year, you know, with snow and presents and or however your culture chooses to celebrate that time of year. So look forward to that. Ah, uh, the only thing going through my head right now, it's like, ah, yes, are you Santa Claus from Christmas Town? <laughs> I'm Jack Skellington from Halloween Town. <laughs> oh, there is never a bad time to watch that movie. Never <laughs> a, a bad time. Movie, yeah. Okay, so we've been indulgently minimal. We are on much of the social media, Instagram, Mastodon, things like that. Check links in the show notes. Any thoughts, comments, questions, send us an email, indulgentlyminimal at gmail.com. Again, we want to say a big thank you to all our supporters on Coffee. We really appreciate you helping us to make the show. If you like what we do and you want to help us continue making it, please consider buying us a coffee on ko-fi.com forward slash indulgentlyminimal. Again, links in the show notes. I've been Moggy and I've been joined today by Jeff... Thanks, guys. Remember, do go easy on yourselves. And Murdoch. And remember, folks, indulge a little. Thanks for joining us. See you for the next one. Bye. See you later, guys. Take care, everyone.